Hello, and welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. I'm Chase Cannon, and I'm here with my colleague, Suzanne Spradley. We are both attorneys with NFP's legal and compliance team, and we're here on the podcast to break down interesting benefits compliance issues, particularly as they relate to employers. It's a chilly day here in Austin, Suzanne, so I am bundled up in my coat and hat. Yes, you are indeed. Ready to go. Today, we're going to focus on something that needs to be discussed more, and hopefully we can open the discussion here and get a better understanding, and that's the uh, cost of healthcare in the U.S., as compared to other countries. This is really a fascinating discussion. It's one that should really been kind of the primary focus, I think, of the ACA, instead of focusing on the you know the payment systems and right. who's paying for things, but how much do things cost? Right. And I was recently at an NAIC conference with the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, um, and one there was an interesting discussion uh, in under the Health Innovations breakout session that was talking about the cost of, of uh, care here in the U.S. And it reminded me of an abstract in health affairs that went back as far as 2003 that was titled, It's the Prices, Stupid. Um, and it updated their information over the years and, and most recently in 2019. And it's really the basis for our discussion today. But that 2003 article was so popular and it's been utilized by different policymakers, possibly because of the catchy title, but it's good information. Yeah, and it's a great um, discussion Why are we paying so much? Um, So where do we begin with the whole discussion? Well, since 1986, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, and you'll hear us refer to that a lot in this Mm -hmm. podcast, um, but they published data that compares the cost of healthcare system in a number of different countries, including the U.S., and there are variations between the countries in health expenditure that could result from differences in the price of good services, the differences in the amount of care, or it could be a mixture of both. disaggregating the spending into volume and price measures helps policymakers when they're trying to make decisions about what's driving the variation in costs between the countries, and it helps them decide the policy responses um, to different healthcare trends. And so I will say that comparing data between the country has its limitations, and the OECD does point out those limitations, um, but it is the most comprehensive and comparable healthcare statistics available. But let me give you an example of a limitation. For example, it's just in defined terms. Uh, Some countries um, could use the term hospital bed differently. And so all the countries have to submit data into the OECD, but then they have to cull through this data and try to aggregate it in a way that's meaningful. Right. So, I mean, but nonetheless, the OEC data is considered, it's widely recognized, it was the basis for the articles by Health Affairs back in 2003 three and all of their subsequent articles. And the conclusion, here's a spoiler alert, is that prices are the primary reason why the U.S. spends more on health care than any other country, not utilization, not resources. Um, but what's really interesting is that the U.S. falls behind other countries on other health care measures like resources, the number of hospital beds or physicians or nurses. And so if we're not utilizing more healthcare resources, they drew the conclusion that it must be the prices. Higher drug prices, higher salaries for doctors and nurses, higher hospital administration costs, higher prices for just other medical services in general. Okay, so good general comparison there to get us set up. But let's talk real numbers here. Like what are we actually talking about uh, as comparing the U.S. with these other countries? What are the dollar numbers? Well, the U.S., per capita health spending was about $9,892 in 2016, which is the most recent data they were showing. That's 25% higher than the next country, 
which was Switzerland, and that, that was 7919 per capita. The median for the OECD countries was 4000 That's So we're 145% higher than the median in the OECD countries and 108% higher than Canada, our mm-hmm. neighbor. So if the U.S. had spent the same amount per capita, if we just saved, for, for example, for Switzerland, um, we would have saved about $630 billion. And again, Switzerland is still higher than the median country out there, right? So. Right. Yeah, so we're going to break down the spending and see what they found in terms of the issues in the abstract. One growing trend that I want to mention, because it was also pointed out at the NAIC meeting over the weekend, and that was that there's this growing differential between public and private uh, cost. And the commercial market is now subsidizing the rest of the system. In 2000, for example, the price differential between public and private, and when we're talking about public, we mean Medicare and Medicaid. And we're talking about in in the U.S. now. In the U.S., right. right. Um, it was about 10%. But recently, the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission estimated that the private insurers pay prices that are 50% higher than what Medicare pays. So this puts an enormous burden on employers who are who we're interested in. And, uh, you know, it's something that really needs to, we need to pay attention to. Yeah, and that's a quite a big increase between, in, in basically 19, 20 years, you're saying we went from 10% differential to 50% differential right. just in 20 years. Right. 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 So um, I'm sure that pharmaceuticals are also a part of this, right? You haven't mentioned drugs or drug prices yet. Is that a part of the discussion? Yeah. I mean, they certainly looked at drugs. And I think that this is this we could do an entire podcast on this alone. And we will. And we have done on some mm-hmm. um, some of the legislative efforts in pharmaceuticals right now. But to me, it's very astonishing. For example, in 2015, the per capita spending on pharmaceuticals varied in the OECD countries from $171 in Poland to $1,011 in the U.S. Now, they don't account account for utilization. Mm-hmm. They are looking um, specifically at the prices for brand-name ph- pharmaceuticals, for example. So I don't know if that means that in un- other countries they, are, they don't have access to enough pharmaceutical drugs. It's not clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also looked at medical technology, and it's difficult to compare the availability of medical technology among the different countries Back in 2003, they used um, CT scanners and MRI machines as kind of their um, their identified matrix mm-hmm. for. But those devices are no longer considered cutting edge. Right. But in 2019, they continued to use those so that they could see see a difference in the trend. What's interesting is U.S. was second after Japan in the number of MRI units per million population and third in CT scanners after Japan and Australia. But um, if you look at Japan in general, their healthcare system continues to be among the least expensive in overall spending um, as compared to other countries in the OECD. So some articles have stated that it's because of tight price controls in Japan, something that we really haven't done here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, in one article, identified something that's kind of interesting. What happens in Japan is when they have a particular service that there's a trend in, and it, the prices and the, the service is being utilized um, quite a bit. They, they look at that, the prices there, they try to determine the reason for it, and then they'll often lower the payment to help prevent overuse of expenses, services, and technology. If we have the ability to do that, uh, we do see some of the lowering of the prices where they, they'll implement different step therapies in order to prevent um, too much utilization of a, a more expensive drug or a more expensive service. Um, so that's one way I think the U.S. will address that. But it seems like Japan does a more direct approach in just uh, cutting payments directly. Right. So Japan approaches this with the idea of why it costs so much. And then they have the ability, because of 
assuming they have some control over prices so that they can control that, uh, something that we may not have in the U.S. Uh, but let's talk. get back to that idea of the provider's costs. Do you, are you just talking about doctors, or does that include um, hospitals, nurses, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, I think this is a bit of a touchy subject here in the U.S. because we obviously want to support our medical community. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the matrix that they looked at in the OECD report. They looked at doctors, hospital, nurses, but we'll start with physicians, for example. In 2015, the U.S. had 19% fewer practicing physicians per thousand population in the median OECD country. So the reason that they're looking at the number of physicians, because you want to say, okay, if you have more costs, could it be that you have more resources? Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, we're saying, no, we don't. We also had the lowest percentage of generalist physicians among the 28 countries with available data. So another trend that we see here in the U.S., you don't see as many general physicians. You see more specialists, and obviously specialists do cost more. Um, But we're also behind in the nurse-to-population ratio. We're at 7.9 per thousand compared to 9.9 for the median OECD. And the hospitals, we had fewer inpatient acute care hospital beds per thousand than the OECD median. So the U.S. had the second lowest occupancy rate of acute care beds among the countries reporting the data. So again, you assume that if you had lower occupancy, you would assume lower health care spend, but that's just not what's occurring. Um, There was data from the Commonwealth Fund that showed that the U.S. spent about $21,000 per hospital discharge compared to the OECD medium of just over 10,000, 10,530. So we have, even if you assumed all other things equal, you had the same number of acute care beds, the same number of utilization. It's costing more to get somebody out of our hospital than it is in the other OECD countries. Interesting. So let's go back then and try to account for, explain for the differences in spending then. So again, as I mentioned earlier, the data is not perfect. It's difficult for the OECD to gather data and compare prices um, across the different countries. But if we look at the inputs, they looked at healthcare workers' salaries, the cost of medical equipment, the cost of pharmaceuticals and other supplies. We're just more expensive than other countries. We are the second highest when it comes to how much we pay our hospital nurses. We pay our physicians more than in other countries. I mean, something that I think in some ways we want to, we would like because we want to attract the brightest minds. Mm-hmm. But it's also disturbing to me that we also pay more for brand name prescription drugs. We pay two to three times higher than the prices for branding prescription drugs than in other OECD countries. And that's something we obviously need to look into further. And it's something that we'll address on future podcasts. Yeah. And it's not just a little bit more. Two to three times is quite a bit. Indeed. (laughs) Um, So back to the idea of resources, the article did look at the intensity of healthcare services in the U.S. And by intensity, they also mean that's the utilization, the, the resources available. One of the things that they noted was the population grew, growth, excuse me, and the aging in our country is an important contributor to the spending. Um, but at this point, I want to bring in some other data outside of the OECD, and this comes from the medical director of United Health Group. Some of the things that they equated to an increase in spend in our country related to things like we had $210 billion in unnecessary services. That could be because of the litigation issue in our country, $130 billion in inefficiently delivered services. That could be something like you have a service that's provided in a hospital setting, whereas it could have been provided in an outpatient care. Um, $191 billion in excessive administrative costs. This is something we've touched on on prior podcasts and and something that they use as an underlying reason to push um, single-payer systems. 
Again, we'll discuss that more. But another factor that he brought up was the wide variation in cost for the same services in the U.S. And that's something I think we really could address here. Um, you look at some commodity services like the MRI, and even within a state, you'll find the cost differential vary significantly. Right. Huge uh, differences depending on where you are in the country, even within a state, on what you'll pay for something. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so this gets us to, when we talk about um, the variations, it also gets us to the idea of price transparency. They didn't get into this tremendously in the OECD article, but it's something that I think that we could address here more in the U.S., um, because there does seem to be, uh, we do want our consumers to get engaged in that process and to look at not only quality of health care, um, but also, you know, if they could find a, certainly a commodity service at a lower price, then go for the one with the lower price. I will say that when these, this article looked at the relationship between the amount spent and the effect on healthcare resources, they didn't find a strong correlation. So in other words, um, there's a question of whether spending more resulted in more services in the U.S., or was it just merely putting more money in the provider's pockets? And what they found was that, there, unfortunately, there wasn't a strong cor correlation between resources and spend. So we have fewer resources, we have fewer doctors, fewer nurses, fewer acute care beds, higher spend. So what does that mean? Well, it led them to say that there's no strong correlation, at least in this article, between spend and resources. Um, so it, it, no, I'm not saying from this, of course, that we want our providers necessarily to be paid less unless that uh, we're looking at these commodity services where there's a variation in spend and there should be some levelization there. But we, certainly, we again, we want to attract the brightest and the best to this profession. I, I don't want someone who's less skilled working on me, as I'm sure you don't as well. Right. Um, but if we look at um, other countries and how they're doing it, they do have the ability to control prices. That's something that has come into question when we talk about single payer, of them instituting Medicare payments. And we've also discussed the unintended effects of, uh, of what will occur with that. So this is a broad discussion. It's not a simple fix, something that we need to look at more um, quickly. But what we're seeing is that there is some consolidation in the provider community. And when there is consolidation, there tends to be higher prices. And the higher prices don't necessarily equate with um, better health outcomes. So right. we need a lot of transparency in this area. But on the insurer side as well, what we're finding is consolidation doesn't necessarily drive down prices either. We don't see lower um, deductibles, lower co-payments. What we see is more money going into the insurer's pockets. So basically, they're taking it away from the providers. They're driving down the prices, but they're not passing that along to the insured. So a lot to look at here and to unpack. Right. Um, it does highlight the complexity of the issue, right? When you talk about we're focusing a little bit on the providers, on the ca carriers, and also on pharmaceutical companies. Those are just three parties in the whole system. There's a lot of different moving parts um, to try and identify when we're trying to talk about cost differential. Thanks, Suzanne, for unpacking all that. That's a lot to consider, and but it is a very important part of the discussion and, and uh, part of the bigger debate when we're going to hear more about single payer next year with the elections and being able to understand and at least um, dig a little bit into why it costs so much here in the U.S. as compared to other countries. Any final comments here uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I think what's interesting is that in spite of all of these efforts in the U.S. so far to control healthcare spending over the past several years, it seems like the data remains the same. When you look at the 2003 data, you look at the 2019 data, U.S. still is the most expensive because of the prices that we pay here um, for our healthcare services. So uh, we've got to look at other ways of decreasing 
of course, our spending. Um, but we also have to look at that widening gap that's occurring, and and it's because it's occurring at a rapid pace between mm-hmm. what the public payers pay and the private insurers. And this because this hits really our constituency, our um, the employers themselves. And in order to lower that per capita spending, we've got to focus on what the private insurers, the self-insured pay, and, and look for ways to drive that down. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for getting into this topic. And as we like to say on the podcast, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us.